Today's devotion about Jesus' agony in the Garden of Gethsemane includes the subjects of death, dying, and grief in the lives of children and families. First Baptist Athens offers this podcast of devotions for Lent. Today's devotion is offered by Rachel Graves. It is based on the story of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, recorded in Matthew 26, 36-46. The scripture is read from the New Living Translation. The devotion begins with music provided by Sarah Delbane, playing What Wondrous Love Is This, arranged for flute. Lay aside everything else for the next few minutes. Allow the music to settle your soul, making space to listen for God. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed down his face to the ground praying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray, so that you will not give in to temptation, for the Spirit is willing but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. 
So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Like many children, I first experienced the death of a loved one when my grandfather died. I vividly remember this time of grief because my paternal grandfather died as Hurricane Ike hit Houston. I was in the ninth grade, and we were already out of school because of the storm. Power outages were rampant across the city. It was hot and dark. My dad had traveled to Auburn, where he grew up and his parents still lived, and my mom, brother, sister, and I weathered the storm until we could also make the trip to Alabama. All humans experience death. We have to, because everyone will die. The ways we experience death as children, and how we learn to process and grieve, impact the ways we approach death as adults. I have to wonder, who did Jesus know who died when he was a child? How did his parents describe death and dying to him? What did he learn from Mary and Joseph by watching them grieve? And what was his own grieving style? When had he experienced grief before processing his own impending death? As some of you may know, I work as a certified child life specialist in the emergency department at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta at Eggleston. My current role is to help patients and families cope with their emergency department visit, including education about procedures, treatment plans, and new diagnoses, and support for those often stressful elements of the medical environment. My background in child development allows me to do all of this in ways children can better understand. The part of my job that I don't always immediately bring up involves death and the grieving process. You can probably imagine why. I can see the pitying look in your eyes and hear the, oh wow, that's hard, I could never do that, come from your lips even now. As the only pediatric level one trauma center in the state, our emergency department sees children from all over Georgia and neighboring states who have experienced terrible accidents and who are experiencing devastating health crises. Car accidents, falls, gunshot wounds, stabbings, bike accidents, ATV and four-wheeler accidents. We see patients with cancer and chronic illnesses, patients with pneumonia and other acute illnesses. As amazing as our medical teams are, we do have patients die. Just as I provide support for procedures and new diagnoses, I provide support to bereaved families as well. As a side note, if you ever have a conversation with me about death, or even as I've been talking now, you will notice that I use the words death, dying, and dead instead of euphemisms like passed away, went to heaven, has gone away, or especially went to sleep. This is a result of my work with children in the context of death. Developmentally, children think concretely until their teenage years. That is even more true in stressful situations. For me at work, that means a child might not understand the implications of tiptoeing around the subject of death by using what adults sometimes think of as friendlier words. Adults are uncomfortable saying the words dead, death, and dying. If I'm talking to a child who is dying or the sibling of a patient who has died, I'm going to use these seemingly harsh words because I don't want there to be any misconception about what is happening. Parents often cringe at the thought of telling a sibling, your sister is dead. But children sometimes finally understand because what I say is direct. Around age seven or eight, most children understand some of the concepts of death, such as irreversibility, 
meaning death is final and cannot be undone, and non-functionality, meaning the body does not work once it is dead. It does not need food or water. It does not breathe. The heart does not pump. It does not get lonely or sad or scared of the dark. Part of my job is to reinforce these concepts to support children's understanding of death. So back to Jesus. He knows what death means for a human body. Even with stories of Jesus healing the very sick or dead, he knows what death means. And he is grieved, deeply grieved. I wonder about all that he is grieving. His death, sure, but also the pain and humiliation to come. The emotional hurt of his family and friends. The darkness of human nature about to be revealed. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross suggests five stages of grief that you might be familiar with. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. We see Jesus experience these stages, and there is something comforting to me knowing that Jesus, the Son of God, fully divine yet fully human, also grieved. Looking at Jesus' actions in this passage shows his grief. He began to be grieved and agitated, even to death. He threw himself on the ground. He bargained a little with God. He became angry with the sleeping disciples and finally accepted his coming death. Not my will, but your will be done. This is grief. It's messy. I watch as parents and grandparents fall to the ground at seeing, for the first time, the body of their child or grandchild who has died. I see shock, denial, and anger. I must explain multiple times, he is dead, before it sinks in. I answer questions about how life will go on, but is there really an answer? I hear cries of anguish in situations where there are no words to say, only sounds of despair. I play with young children in the corner of a room while parents hold cold hands and lay on still bodies, trying to understand how this is real. I hope you never have to witness real CPR in progress, not on TV, but in real life. It's not simple or clean. It's chaotic and desperate, and I watch as parents are helpless in those moments. Some people cry out. Some people withdraw. Some crack jokes, and some tell stories of wonderful memories. Some lash out, and some pray. People die, even children, and we grieve. But you know what? Jesus grieved too. Jesus grieved his impending death and the sins of the world. Nothing about grief is easy. But not being alone, well, at least that helps. We feel grief into the very depths of our being. But we're not alone because Jesus grieved. Even when there's no hope, because how could there be? Jesus grieved too, so we're not alone. This week, we grieve not only for our world today, but also for Jesus and his death. But as we grieve, let us remember that Jesus grieved too. We are not alone in our grief. Our Father God, we have so much to grieve. We feel grief so deep in our souls, yet we know you grieve with us because Jesus grieved. Thank you for your presence in our times of bereavement and your example of grief through your Son. We praise your name through our grief this week, and know that hope is coming. Amen. Amen.